0: Chapter Thirty Five of Nature and Art. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, BC. Nature and Art by Elizabeth Ichabald. Chapter Thirty Five while the bishop and his son were sailing before prosperous gales on the ocean of life young henry was contending with adverse winds and many other perils on the watery ocean yet still his distresses and dangers were less than those with which agnes had to encounter upon land the sea threatens an untimely death the shore menaces calamities from which death is a refuge the affection she had already experienced could just admit of aggravation the addition occurred had the good farmer who made her the companion of his flocks and herds lived till now till now she might have been secure from the annoyance of humankind but thrown once more upon society she was unfit to sustain the conflict of decorum against depravity her master her patron her preserver was dead and hardly as she had earned the pittance she received from him she found that it surpassed her power to obtain the like again her doubtful character her capacious mind her unmethodical manners were still badly suited to the nice precision of a country housewife, and as the prudent mistress of a family sneered at her pretensions, she in turn scorned the narrow-minded mistress of a family. In her inquiries how to gain her bread free from the cutting reproaches of discretion, she was informed that London was the only private corner where guilt could be secreted undisturbed and the only public place where in open day it might triumphantly stalk, attended by a chain of audacious admirers there was a charm to the ear of agnes in the name of london which thrilled through her soul william lived in london and she thought that while she retired to some dark cellar with her offences he probably would ride in state with his and she at humble distance might sometimes catch a glance at him as difficult as to eradicate insanity from a mind once possessed so difficult it is to erase from the lover's breast the deep impression of a real affection coercion may prevail for a short interval still love will rage again not all the ignominy which agnes experienced in the place where she now was without a home not the hunger which she at times suffered even at times saw her child endure not every inducement for going to london or motive for quitting her present desolate station had the weight to affect her choice so much as in london she should live nearer william in the present spot she could never hope to see him again but there she might chance to pass him in the streets she might pass his house every day unobserved might inquire about him of his inferior neighbors who would be unsuspicious of the cause of her curiosity for these gratifications she should imbibe new fortitude for these she could bear all hardships where london threatened and for these she at length undertook a three weeks journey to that perilous town on foot cheering as she walked along her innocent and wearied companion william in their luxurious dwelling possessed of coffers filled with gold relations friends clients joyful around you, delicious viands and rich wines upon your sumptuous board, voluptuousness displayed in every apartment of your habitation. Contemplate for a moment, Agnes, your first love, with her son, your first and only child, walking through frost and snow to London, with a foreboding fear on the mother that, when arrived, they both may perish for the want of a friend but no sooner did agnes find herself within the smoke of the metropolis than the old charm was renewed and scarcely had she refreshed her child at the poor inn at which she stopped than she inquired how far it was to that part of the town where william she knew resided she received for answer about two miles upon this information she thought that she would keep in reserve till some new sorrow befell her the consolation of passing his door perchance of seeing him which must ever be an alleviation of her grief it was not long before she had occasion for more substantial comfort soon she found she was not likely to obtain a service here more than in the country some objected that she could not make caps and gowns some that she could not preserve and pickle some that she was too young some that she was too pretty and all declined accepting her till at last a citizen's wife on condition of her receiving but half the wages usually given took her as a servant of all work in romances and in some plays there are scenes of dark and unwholesome mines, wherein the labourer works during the brightest day by the aid of artificial light there are in london kitchens equally dismal though not quite so much exposed to damp and nauseous vapours in one of these underground hidden from the cheerful light of the sun poor agnes was doomed to toil from morning till night subjected to the command of a dissatisfied mistress who not estimating as she ought the misery incurred by serving her constantly threatened her servants with a dismission at which the unthinking wretches would tremble merely from the sound of the words for to have reflected to have considered what their purport was to be released from the dungeon relieved from continual upbraidings and vile drudgery, must have been a subject of rejoicing, and yet, because these good tidings were delivered as a menace, custom had made the hearer fearful of the consequence. So death being described to children as a disaster, even poverty and shame will start from it with affright, whereas, had it been pictured with its benign aspect it would have been feared but by few and many many would welcome it with gladness all the care of agnes to please her fear of offending her toilsome days her patience her submission could not prevail on her she served to retain her one hour after by chance she heard That she was the mother of a child, that she wished it should be kept a secret, and that she stole out now and then to visit him. Agnes, with swimming eyes and an almost breaking heart, left a place where to have lived one hour would have plunged any fine lady in the deepest grief. End of chapter thirty five. Recording By Linda Marie Nielsen, Vancouver, B.C.